calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. gives me nightmares hey you guys it's episode 52 please advise i'm malls guess what what tina's an auntie i am auntie tina (laughs) i'm so excited for you i'm excited yeah it's it's so weird to think of like my brother having a kid okay an aunt so it's baby girl it is a baby girl she is 22 inches, 22 inches, which is she's almost- She's 21 inches, but yeah, she's that a That is baby. almost two feet. That is three. Yeah. It, do you know, like, if you're, okay, so you said your sister-in-law is how many, how big? She's very petite. She's a petite, like, five, six, maybe, I want to okay, say. Okay, But she's, so, like, very skinny. So by the end of it, she was, like, mostly baby. That, she only really has three and a half feet on her own baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that thing just came out of her. Yeah. So she's probably going to be a supermodel. Yeah. Yeah, so she's going to be that. awesome. She's, yeah. And a rocket scientist. And can I tell you something? Yeah. When you sent me that picture, that is the first, like, fully formed baby I've seen within like three weeks of its birth like its face did not look like like it is was still pruny from like vagina juice and covered in baby acne (laughs) and like yeah that yeah the picture that I sent was of my mom holding the baby and the baby's like kind of smiling she's like looking like a little glowworm yeah like she's so she looks like a little glowworm in like the best possible way no she's so cute and I'm so happy little baby I know it's so exciting babies really are yeah I mean it sounds crazy and probably everyone listening to this is like no shit idiot that's why people (laughs) call babies miracles but like it, I, I mean, you don't realize that out here. I know, like, very few people with babies. Yeah. But I, my friend Shannon is pregnant again right now. And it's just, like, I forgot the first time she was pregnant, like, how magical that was yeah. to, like, imagine what the baby inside of her was going to be like. And then yeah. Charlie was born and he's the shit. And she sent me a picture of the baby the other day and it kind of looked honestly, like, like deli meat, like a pile of <laughs> loose deli meat with a pretty face. And it's a little boy and he has a pretty little face. He's so cute. So, yeah. Babies are awesome, you guys. Babies are really awesome. And it just makes me think, like, I we were having this conversation yesterday about the kind of person that I wanted to be for her. Yeah. I'm gonna. I decided I'm gonna be the cool aunt in California. Like when she comes out here at Thanksgiving, you're gonna be like, "No, send her out to Auntie T's house," and then it'll be by then. Well, I'll live on a compound out in Malibu, and like all of we'll have like 20 kids each, all with the same guy, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, and then like we'll just fucking like drink some wine, chill in the hammock. 
hang out with sleep with the golden retrievers. Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm excited. Go to the music room, play some bongos <laughs> with our kids. It'll be fun. It'll be so much fun. We'll have like a little band <laughs> sesh. I'm so excited. Um, oh, you guys. So I wrote some things down in my notepad this week that I want to share with you. Things that I wrote down in my notes when I was stoned. All right. Which is like my new favorite segment. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, it's really fun. Because by the way, how often are you and I having some like crazy ass convo? And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, well, we just came up with a really good running gag for the fictional sitcom that we'll never write. Oh, yeah, no, don't t- don't discuss that here. Because I'm using that. I'm stealing that so hardcore. And let it go on the record here. I'll buy Christina Adderall. I'll, I'll slip her a 10 note and we'll uh, I'll just take that really great bit. All right. So um, I was with my friend Todd J. Greenwald uh, this week, and we were kind of riffing on some stuff. He was just a guest on the show. It was like one of my favorite episodes, Bottom Half Mermaid. Um, And we were talking. For some reason, Todd said, fuck the past, okay? And I, for some reason, this is – it was the funniest thing I've ever heard, and it still is. Do you want to know why? Why? Because I had Todd explain it to me, why it is so funny. Fuck the past is funny because anyone who says, like, fuck something as general as the past is, like, wildly ignorant and so clearly avoiding some glaring error in said thing. Like, the past, for example. Like, the only person who says fuck the past is a person who has a huge past to worry about. And that really tickled me. And I liked the explanation. And I was happy with that. But I really tripped on that for a minute. I was like, why is fuck the past the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life? Is it still funny now that it's been explained? Because you know how like. It's funnier. It's funnier. And actually, I now I just it just explains why this whole genre of humor that I love is so funny to me. Am I allowed to have the soda? Yes. It's a Coke that says sis on it. (laughs) We'll post it to the Instagram. This is the Coke I gave Christina this week. Auntie T, that's your, uh, that's your, uh, by the way, I'm going for godmother. I don't know if that's clear of your, of your new niece. Uh, of my niece. Yeah, I'm go. and by the way, I'm kind of the front runner <laughs> at this point. I put in some calls to Diana. I'll tell you, if there's one person who enjoys me, it's your mother. She does love you. And she kind of has the hookup. Um, you know, I think everyone wants a celebrity godmother. And, <laughs> and so I'm kind of the front runner. And there might be some hats knitted to shape like owls coming to that baby's coming to baby's <laughs> wife. Yay. Via me. Um, oh, so then I wrote, you know when you are so drunk you ask someone flat out to remind you of their name? Like, okay, so and I think this occurred to me because this happens to me a lot. Like when, when I'm, I'm just sober. when I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm like, I'm drunk. I don't know your name. Like, I'm drunk enough that you'll forgive this. Oh, tell me your name. I was, and that's the, I mean, most of the time I just won't call someone by their name if I don't know it. I'll just like hunt them. So I moved about the Two Broke Girls set for three years without knowing at least 70% of the people's names. <laughs> I mean, there was a, it was a 300 person crew. So like, obviously there was a lot of people, but I mean, there was a guy who gave me birthday cards every single year whose name I didn't know. And you would think his name would be signed on the birthday card. And it was, it never penetrated. <laughs> Never penetrated for me, which makes me afraid that I'm a uh, sociopath. It also makes me think of like who I don't penetrate for. You know who you I mean? don't penetrate. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing is that it's just I've, like an oddly phrased thing. I'm trying to say, dude. It's like four agreements. You know, four agreements where like nothing's personal. It's so true because when I think about people who I like don't remember anything about, who like I've asked 79 times where they're from or if their parents are still together, like. I don't remember it, and it has nothing to do with them. It's like my own shit. So I just got to, like, remember that. Yeah. I'm someone's nobody, you know? That's that's a good, like, follow-up to your ebook. <laughs> I'm someone's nobody. <laughs> um, you guys, so last night, Christina and I decided to get together. We were going to see Amy, but Christina was running late because she has a job. <laughs> And um, whatever. She's been blowing me off a lot for her job and her work friends lately. And I kind of take offense to it. I do. Like, congratulations. You have new work friends. Maybe invite malls out on the town. I've been I've been a. They actually a couple of them really want to meet you. Oh, really? Oh, is that so? You fucking cunt. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that. Christina, I knew you were threatened by my influence with your new coworkers. I really knew it. I knew it. I think that it drives you nuts. And it's honestly, if I turn up dead, it's probably Christina. She's in a fit of rage. 
My popularity is disarming. I'm doing uh, that like popular. I'm Ripley, <laughs> the popular Mr. Ripley. I was like, believe it or not. I was like, I love that show oh, so much. Dean Cain, no, wanna fuck? Oh, that's your um sensual man. Oh, we were gonna talk about that. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Uh, had your sexual awakening to Dean Cain. <laughs> I'm Steve Martin in LA Story. Gross. Well, I get Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve Martin's a hunk. Professional hunk. Maybe also like Kadeem Hardison from A Different World. I was kind of into like Dwayne Wayne a little bit. Oh, shit. No, I know. I think Dwayne Wayne was the first black guy I was super into. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, actually, though, I kind of felt Theo Hustable. Like, I didn't think Malcolm Jamal Warner was cute as an adult. But I think I thought Theo was like funny. Teen teenage Theo? Yeah. What, um, when he really was dating what's her face. I know yeah, it I know. sucks. Well, no, here's the thing is that we can talk about Cosby. It's just so sad. It's just so sad that the most wonderful thing that all of us had our whole lives is fucking sullied. It just sucks. It's like Woody Allen. Like it's consuming his media is just different when you think about it. It's just different. But it's also so good. And so important and so culturally important and such a part of like a fabric of our lives. Like it really is. Yeah. Um, okay. So last night we were out strolling mm -hmm. and we came across Tiny Europe. <laughs> okay. So we were walking in Glendale and I was like, let's just walk. I was like, let's go this way. I never go this way. Yeah. I was like, for some reason, I feel like there's a, like an Irish pub or something on the corner. So we started walking and all of a sudden we went into a little like – alcove yeah. and um what is it alcove like no that's like in a house like that's like a book nook yeah um anyway yeah it was a little alley it was a little like thing you know you get it and in there was like a tiny europe yeah. like it felt vaguely of like like Dogtown Europe. Like, it just seemed like very, like, anywhere. It could have been anywhere. Like, it seemed vaguely French, but also Italian. But, like... You want to talk about the picture you took with Ben? Oh, Ben... Oh, yeah. So, we saw Christina's sexual icon, Ben Franklin, um, at, uh, at Tiny Europe. He was at Tiny Europe. And, uh... I mean, I guess. All right. And then... Oh! Oh! So then we went to some like some Armenian place and it was gross. It was just like I it wasn't like it wasn't like physically gross. The vibes were just gross. the vibes were hardcore, like rude. And like also it was spacious and de and not densely populated in any capacity except yeah. for in certain clusters around the room. It was very strange. So we sat down and the waitress was like French and kind of cunty. And then I just like was not feeling it. So I said, girl, I got chicken sausages. Let's go home. So we went back to my place and we watched this show I discovered on Hulu. Ears up, everyone. Recommendation behind the mask. It's a Hulu original and it's about mascots and it's so good. So wait, do you know anything about this? Because I have been wanting to Google this all week, but I'm not sure of the keywords. So apparently there's a couple that was on Married at First Sight and there's a restraining order that was put up. It might be on TMZ. Do you know anything about this? It's from the first season. No, Can you Google it? It might be Courtney and Jason. No, it's someone from the new season. Oh, who? Danino. Ryan Danino. I think so. And uh, Jacqueline. Oh, shit. Well, he cheated on her um, before the six-month update. So I feel bad for her. She is really, like, it's sad. She's been abused. She had a miscarriage. It was tough. She's, it's been tough for her. I, I feel bad for Jessica. I don't think she was emotionally. I don't, I don't think these psych tests that they make people take for reality shows are thorough enough or that they give a shit. Because I swear to God, that is the biggest problem with most problematic people on reality TV. They were too mentally ill to get introduced to that Well, world. they need a little crazy. They like, do, yeah. but, like, I really think someone like Brandy Glanville or even Kristen from Vanderpump Rules would probably be a normal person if they were able to, like, compartmentalize that thing. But they all take it onto their actual souls. Like, that's crazy. You can't do that. You can't – you're too sensitive for that world. I really believe that. Anyway, we got to call our guest. You want to do that? Yes. I'm so excited. Okay, cool. All right. So our guest this week is named Sam Mags. She is so cool. We met at Comic-Con. We were on the same panel for Trailer Park, which is a production company, and it was about, like, strong female heroes. And um, she is a best-selling author of a 
book called a fan the fangirl's guide to the galaxy which christina you are a fan of hers right um i started reading it shortly after i found out that she was going to be on the show and i started i started reading it and i i like her voice a lot and i deal with fandom a lot i know i I was drawn to her immediately i I mean i'm not in that world like i didn't when i was kind of a nerd i was so out of my element like they were asking all these questions about like, what character do you relate to? And I was like, Cookie Lion from Empire. And like everyone else was naming some like very rare comic book character. I was not, that's not my world. And in fact, I had another answer prepared that was Pretty Little Liars. And thankfully we didn't get to that question. So I, uh, yeah, I just, um, I think she's cool. She's very of her world and knows who she is. And and that was the first thing that I noticed about her. I was like, oh, this girl knows who she is. Then – you passed on her book to me and I was going through it the other night and I was exact exact same. I was like, this is funny. This is very specific to a specific world and it's done in a very good way and it's done in a way that's not alienating to me because now I can kind of understand this world that I find very confusing to be honest. Like, I don't even know where to begin with that stuff. Um, and also, it's so cute. I think Sam's mom followed me on Twitter this morning. So I'm going to ask her about that. She's calling in from Toronto. So we're going to do that right now. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Hello. Hi, it's Malls. Hey, how are you? I'm so good. We just uh, talked about your book for a little while and we loved it so much. Both Christina and I were like, this is so like, I was very drawn to you at Comic-Con because I could tell that you know who you are and that you're very good at what you do because you just are you, you know? And um, then I read your book and I was like, yeah, this girl's a shit. Dude, thank you so much. That's so rad of you to say. I'm oh, like, no, so totally. Cool. Um, well, it took me a long time to be cool with who I am, so that's pretty nice to hear. No, I, I think you're awesome. Um, I well, think that's the hardest. Too. Thank you. I think that's the hardest thing to learn is that, like, basically you just have to, like, give up and be like, well, this is who I am. There's, like, literally nothing I can do about it, so I might as well just make life easy and start liking it. A hundred percent. And if other people don't, then like fuck those people because they're fuck the haters, girl. Yeah, fuck the yep. haters. Exactly. <laughs> um, Christina, are we recording? Yes. Oh, okay. We're recording. Christina, hey. <laughs> um, okay. So I asked you uh, to prepare three pieces of information for me about why yes. you're qualified to give advice today. Yes. Did, did you prepare those? I did. Okay. I have them. I think I'm ready. All right. Will you give them to me? <laughs> okay. So the first reason is because I am Canadian. And I think a lot of Americans don't know this, but actually all Canadians have a very mild form of ESP, which is which is true. We have like extrasensory perception. That's why we're so nice to everyone all the time. So I feel like That's, yeah, yeah, Americans don't really know that, but it's the truth. So I feel like that's really going to be helpful for me. Um, I've also played over 500 hours of Dragon Age, which makes me really good at conversations. Um, Not necessarily conversations with like human people, but conversations that were written by human people. Um, So that counts a little bit. So that's good. And I also wrote a book, which is like, I feel like if someone took me to Barnes and Nobles and like pointed at something and was like, I made that. I'd be like, holy shit, you must be good at talking to people about things. And they'd be like, yeah, I guess so. So those are my three reasons. I think that I'm going to be really good at giving advice. Okay. Well, uh, here are my three questions I'm going to throw back at you. Okay. Under what circumstances did you get your first kiss? Um, really awkwardly at a movie theater after I like aggressively initiated it and it was just horrible and he was not down. And then afterwards I felt really embarrassed and we never spoke again. Oh, girl. Yeah, I know. And then later he, he came out as being gay. So it was, oh, felt like, it was not course. good for him under any circumstance. I all. feel like that's like an, like, well, I guess a Canadian classic for you. I was going to say American <laughs> classic, but you got to kiss a gay guy for your first kiss. I mean, you might as well, right? Cause it's, it's going like, to uh, suck anyway. It's so it, it might as well be a gay guy for fun. No, that's, that's a good point. Then the pressure's off, I guess, because it's going to be terrible no matter what. So totally. Wait, you can, know. 
This is not one of my three, but can I ask you a question? Because it's going to determine whether or not I pick this next question. Yes, you totally can. How old are you? I'm 26. Okay. Have you ever fucked a random? <laughs> um, like how random are we talking? Like how random is random for you? <laughs> I don't know. Would you refer to that person as a random? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, it was like a post-breakup situation. Yeah. Don't you, worry. You know, Everyone here is fucked a random. So I think we're fine. Yeah. I B probably too. B was soup Mara. Oh, or HBNIC, um, the head bitch not in charge here. She just shook her head no at me. But FYI, I know what happened to her in Vegas, and it did not stay in Vegas, okay? I'm talking about herpes. Just kidding. Um, Sam, yes. when was okay, the last time you did something you're not proud of? Um, anytime I respond to a troll on the internet, that, that would be that moment, which is probably like once every two weeks, despite my better judgment. Okay. Yeah. In that moment, you're like, this is going to feel so good. And you respond and you're like, I'm so funny and smart. But then you realize that you gave them the attention they wanted and they won. And then you're like, I am ashamed. And then the worst is when like another person gets involved just for their own pleasure. Like they want to stand up for you. And you're like, oh, I'm petty and I'm bringing other people into my petty. You know know. what I mean? You're just dragging everyone down at that point. And it's just, it's it's so bad. You think it's going to feel so good, but it just feels so bad. And then you need to drink afterwards. It's terrible. It's totally like emotional cutting. Well, actually, I'm usually <laughs> drinking when that starts. Like, I don't That's ever. why it happens. I never yeah. seek out, like, uh, shit unless I'm totally drunk and I'm like I hate myself or really stoned um yeah that's fair totally okay so you're um human that's awesome we've totally established that that's the point of this new game you are the very first person to play it. it's called three on three we came up with it the other day because I feel like you know I play another game with some guests and it kind of is starting to crack into their psyches but like I just want to get to the meat of it you know just get right in there. Get Just right get in there. Deep. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So um, we got some calls um, and we really want your opinion. I feel like you're kind of buck wild. Like I feel that about you. I'm getting those oh, vibes. Thank you. And yeah. I'm psyched. So uh, let's, let's do please advise. Hi, Malls. Uh, my name's Kelly. Hopefully you can help me out. Uh, so... I've been seeing my hairdresser for about six or seven years. Um, I'm in my early 30s. I actually went to high school with her, so we're kind of friendly on that level, too. And she works at a great salon, and she always hooks me up. Like, it should be, like, $150, like, cut and color. Like, it's just expensive. But, you know, I get it for, like, 75 and it's been great. And I see her, like, clockwork, and I don't make a ton of money. So, you know, she knows I'm I'm doing my best. She's helping me out. Recently, another friend moved to town who was taking a little look at my hair. She also does hair, and she was like, this girl's fucking up your hair so bad. And I never really knew it. I just thought I had really difficult care and I, or hair, and I never really took care of it. And so I was like, oh, well, it's goofy and gross because I don't take the time to blow dry it and straighten it, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out it's just a bad haircut, and I need to break up with my hairstylist and see someone else, and I don't know how to do that because we've been involved with each other for so long. I feel like I'm breaking up with a friend, and I kind of am, and I don't know what to do about it, and it just sucks, you know? It's hard. It's it's also not a big town. It's hard to, like, get away from people forever, so help me out. Sam, have you ever had to break up with a hairstylist? Yeah, when I heard this call, I like identified so viscerally with it because this is one of those really hard things where you spend like I probably spend more time with my hairstylist than I spend with my real friends because you like have to see them for several hours every six weeks. Whereas yeah. with your real friends, you do not have to do that. No, it's like <laughs> but, a relationship. It is. It is. But also like you've got to worry about your own shit. Like you have to take care of your hair. And if she's messing with you, she's got to go. So my advice in this instance is like, you have friends. Like you have real friends. But I think the hairdresser is her friend. Like I think she's her friend who gives her a discount. 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of got that impression, but I also kind of got the feel that she doesn't like hang out with her outside of these appointments. You know what I mean? Maybe, like this is yeah. kind of the only time they see each other. And in that case, like what you kind of have to ask yourself, are you really going to be heartbroken if you never see this person again? I mean, you might be like a little bit bummed out, but if ultimately you're like, well, I have a bunch of friends and it's okay, then you kind of just have to cut and run. Want to know what I would do? Yes, I do. Okay. So I interpreted the call as this, that she's actually like her friend from high school or something. And she's a hairdresser now. And so this girl, Kelly, just goes to her because Mm -hmm. she gets a really good discount. So what I would do is I would just be like, um, I would do what I would actually do, which is I would get a haircut of convenience with a better stylist. And then I would, next time I see her, in person somewhere else I would just say oh yeah sorry like I needed a haircut really bad and I didn't have time to drive over there so I had so-and-so do it and just keep doing that because the truth is when you get better color and cuts you need them less frequently so so like you know just keep playing that game oh sorry not available sorry and then she'll you know she'll probably get pissed at you and maybe say something and just be like to be honest like I'm just I'm into this new thing I have going it's true and if she is like the kind of person that she does want to see again you could always do the like oh I'm bummed that we only ever see each other when I'm like paying you to do my hair like maybe we could go out and get drinks like real friends totally move it in that direction also I really doubt that Kelly's like 75 dollars every six to eight weeks is seriously that meaningful to this chick that it's like if she stopped right. going to her, she was like fucking up her income or something. Like if anything, it's just about this managing this girl's ego. And the only That's way, exactly yeah, the only way to deal with that. I mean, look, I've had to quit hairdressers that I love. Like I even love their work, but there's been times where it's just like, oh, I can't afford this very yes. expensive haircut anymore. Or I need to downsize on my color. Like this is crazy what I'm paying. Um, when 100%. I was- Like I went, I was platinum like last summer and I only went back to brunette because I like couldn't, I was going to have to like get a new credit card to maintain it. So (laughs) totally, yeah. So um, she is like a good professional. She'll understand too. Like if you decide to go somewhere else, like it is just kind of business. So yeah. May I ask what the most you've ever spent at the hairdresser in one, one go is? It was like over $200 and it was the worst experience. I just like, it looked good, but it didn't, it wasn't like I didn't walk out of the salon and I was Angelina Jolie suddenly, which is the only reason that I should pay over $200. Is that Canadian dollars? Um, yeah, (laughs) I guess so. Okay. Cause I've, I've probably spent $500 at a salon in one day before. I'm telling you. Um, okay, Christina just passed me a note written on a microphone um, instruction book, and it says, ask her about her hair now. She does colors sometimes. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your colors. I, red hair. I know. Your hair was yeah, fun at Comic-Con. Thank you. It's like red on top and then like kind of pink on the bottom, which is super fun. But my hair is naturally like a very unfortunate muddy brown, like gross brown so here I am. I also have to go to the salon every six weeks to get my roots fixed up. And it's so annoying. And I have to spend so much money on it. But brown hair is so boring. Like I'll I tell you this. Big fun hair. I had a coworker. I was really excited because I finally grew out like a whole head of virgin hair after oh years of dying. And um, I had a coworker say to me, like, that's great that your hair is virgin, but, like, once you turn 30, like, every woman needs to color her hair. Like, you just need that boost. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that is – and I was like, first of all, whoa, I'm 30. Like, I had just turned 30, (laughs) and that was, like – that was, like, one of the first times it ever been thrown back in my face. And, yeah, you know, which I don't care. I love being 30. Yeah, 30, like flirty and thriving. That's when I'm 31. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, anyway, Kelly, tell your hairstylist to suck a dick. Next call. <laughs> Hi, Malls. Uh, I have a question for you. I actually tweeted you the other day about whether or not you tweeted men. Uh, so, 
My question dilemma is that I've been trying to online date since my last breakup. It's been about 15 months, and I'm running into a real problem. That problem is is that um, it seems that most of the women I run into want a guy who is 5'11 or over 6 feet tall. I'm 5'7". How do I overcome this gap in height? Is there anything I can do other than to go to China and get my legs longer uh, by some surgeon? Let me know. Thanks. Well, I'll tell you what, if you want pussy, you shouldn't wear a vest because short guys should not wear vests, right, Sam? All guys should not wear vests. Well, you don't think if it's a very, like a very dapper man in like D.C. couldn't pull off a vest if he was like tall and broad shouldered and had like a hot face and it was well tailored. You know, I feel like Chris <laughs> Pratt in Jurassic World pulled off a vest. Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess that's true. I that's guess pretty that's much true. my vest maximum. Vests and fedoras. Just keep it at the door. I can't Did you like it. Jurassic World? Um, I liked the dinosaurs. Uh, me <laughs> I didn't too. Like the whole like, if you don't want kids, you're a heartless shrew bitch storyline. That wasn't like my fave. <laughs> you know like, what's so sad? One. I didn't even pick up on that. I just consumed that message and was like, where are the dinos? Like, I told it that whole storyline was lost on me. I was just like, oh, are there dinos coming? Um, so anyway, um, all right. Well, can I say, Sam, have you ever, do you hook up with short guys? What's your thing? Well, I have had the same partner for four years and I'm 5'4 and he's 5'5". Five five. So I'm fine with this. And to be honest, I feel like I'm doing a public service for tall girls who only want to date guys that are taller than them by taking a shorter dude. You know who's what? still taller than me. I know? love that. I, I first of all, I appreciate that. But I do have to yeah. say, I've dated a lot of shorties. I've only dated one shorty that was um that had a problem with the fact that I was taller and he would say that I um needed to see a doctor about my growth disease because oh my he said God, I no. grew- <laughs> he said I grew too fast but wait what oh I'm five seven and a half so he was like five seven and a half or five eight and he was like five six so but it was like a long time ago when I was still accepting shit in my life but yeah, exactly. I think that both all or both all of the short guys I've dated, I've dated like four probably. Um, they had so much swag that yeah. it didn't even matter. And as Countess Luann said, who said it? Someone said this, and I thought it was so great. Everyone's the same height in bed, and it's yeah, true. That's right. That's so true. And I kind of feel like if these girls are so shallow that they won't even consider you because they're below you're below some like arbitrary height line then maybe you're saving yourself some heartache down the line because they might be horrible people or he can just look for women who are like below five six and then he'll be a real spinner that's what patty stanger would call them just go find yourself a spinner um i'm i'm very excited for this guy i feel like he has a whole uh new life ahead of him there's so much potential I know. Now it's like I feel like we've broken that bone and we're readjusting it. We're yeah. both two smoking chicks with majorly popping careers and yeah. super famous and we love fucking short guys. Can you say bone again? Bone. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's good. Girl, have you had to do readings for your book? Um, I haven't just like Q and A's, which is so much better because a reading would be so awkward. I don't know. I couldn't do it. I mean, I think so too. I feel like they're very like, oh, New York literary crowd. Like, I don't really know who does that except for maybe sometimes celebrities, I guess. Yeah. Tori Spelling, I feel like probably does readings. Um, I agree though. It's very Carrie Bradshaw. I don't think it's a real life thing anymore. Um, But I do want you to read our letter this week. Can you do that? I can Please. do that because yes. I did not read it. Or I did not write okay. it. <laughs> that makes me feel better. It. Okay. Hello, everyone. PAX is fast approaching. And just so everyone knows, PAX is a video game convention every September in Seattle. Fuck yes. Yes, it's amazing. PAX is fast approaching in about a month's time. And I'm excited to return since my first one was back in 2011. I made a lot of good friends there. And I hope to reconnect with a lot of them again, as well as meeting scads of new people. My problem is that since the last time I've attended, I've put on quite a bit of weight. 
I know it shouldn't be anything that keeps me from having a good time, but I've struggled with weight my whole life and it affects me immensely to be back near my heaviest point, 344 pounds, as opposed to PAX 2011 when I was at my lightest weight since high school, 238 pounds. I'm pretty much the same person, but I've recently become aware that having this weight back has made me feel super self-conscious about seeing these old friends, many of whom have made fitness progress since that time. I don't feel gross or ugly about it, just embarrassed and shameful that I let myself get derailed, and also I feel a whole lot less interesting as a whole because of my heightened awareness of my physicality. I've become more active as of late in an attempt to slim down before the event next month, but I don't know how I'll feel when it comes around, and I know I can't lose 80 pounds in 30 days. I'm aware that it likely won't be a big deal, but I'm beginning to feel afraid of letting those friends see me in my current state, and I fear that a feeling of inadequacy may overcome me when I'm supposed to be having fun. Has anything like this ever happened to either of you? And if so, how did you get through it? Hopefully you have some advice for me so that I don't go to PAX 2015, letting my personal silent shame keep me from enjoying the weekend. Thank you all so much for any help. So have I ever gained weight and then felt super uncomfortable walking into a room post that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Wait, what's the question? I think it's mostly like, have you ever been super self-conscious about your body and that's like stopped you from, or potentially stopped you from having a good time at an event with like people you who knew you when you were not as happy or whatever. Yeah. That stops me a lot of time. That depends on the day of the week sometimes. Yeah. I'll walk into, I'll feel like, oh my God, like my jean, I just look crazy. I'm not leaving the house today. Of course. (laughs) First of all, I think women struggle with this a lot. So it's kind of, I hate to say nice to hear from a guy about this because I think that that's actually something that is a kind of a common thing. What about you? Oh, it doesn't specify, but I think this might be from a girl. I'm not really? sure. Yeah, but oh, I think, it's from a guy. Oh, it's from a guy. Oh my god, that is super nice to hear. It's a weight question, so I just assumed it was from a woman. That's yeah, like, right. Yeah, that's like kind of nice to hear from people on all sides of the spectrum. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that for one thing, you are always more aware of changes in your body than other people are. Like there are days, you know, you say you were like 80 pounds lighter than or whatever, but like I have days where or months where I feel like I'm so gross and people will be like, did you lose weight? And you're like, no, totally. I, I'm disgusting. Like you're always so much more aware than other people. So I think that's something to be aware of. And I think that also like a video game convention like PAX is someplace where everyone is going to all like celebrate the same thing that they love and like to be their most authentic self. And it's people like the don't gathering really judge of the juggalos. <laughs> That's it, except for like less racism, probably. Yes, probably. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, and so like you'll be surrounded by people dressed up like video game characters. And, you know, if these people that you met in 2011 are real friends, they're not going to be like judging you for your appearance. So I think it's really all about self-love and like self-confidence and realizing that gaining weight doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you less interesting. Like your weight is the least interesting thing about yourself, you know? That's true. And can I tell you honestly, this might be kind of terrible, but I ran into someone recently and she told me she lost 70 pounds and I didn't even notice. Exactly. I literally didn't even, I was like, oh, wow. Like I would have never guessed that this person gained or lost weight in a significant portion, 70 pounds, exactly what you're talking about, basically. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just make a t-shirt that says, I eat pussy and I promise you'll be the most popular guy at the entire video game convention. I feel like that's a great, just great life advice generally. I eat pussy. There you go. And haven't you found too, like when you're feeling shitty and you just put yourself out there that eventually you forget about why you were feeling shitty and you just have a good time? Because as soon as you get there, like chances are you're going to have an amazing time. Yeah, you should just get drunk. That's actually also really expedites that process. I'll tell you that. One thing I've learned is that you can always rely on old booze to get you through that. And then Um, then you'll respond to trolls and then it's just a downward spiral from there. Totally. Actually, you're totally bringing it back. But for some reason, I feel like uh, being the drunk guy in an I Eat Pussy t-shirt, you're going to be the most popular guy at that. You're going to be legend. Legend. Anywhere. Anywhere you go. Anywhere you go. At Starbucks, you'll be the man. Um, Okay. One more call? Yeah, let's do it. All right. 
came off. Um, I come before dying to seek your wisdom and knowledge. My name is Monica. I'm 18 years old from San Diego, California. And I am the worst, like the worst person ever. I have the shittiest personality. And by that, I mean, I am known as the person that's, you know, selfish, uh, quitter, lazy, excuse-making bitch that just feels sorry for herself 24-7 pretty much. Like, it's been pulled straight to my face multiple times. And it's taken, these personality traits have taken a major toll in my life. During friendships, you know, I've quit jobs after only two weeks. And, like, the worst part is, like, my dad is just so disappointed and it's only, two, like, his only daughter. And I have all these dreams and goals. And I plan all the steps out to reach that dreams and goals. I even have the tools to make them happen. But when the time comes to take action and actually start taking these steps, I procrastinate. Like, I'm so fortunate that it's all been, you know, handed to me. But... Like, I don't take advantage. And it's like I've never achieved a goal, finished a project, like not even something simple like a panel lesson. And I mean, I don't know how to put this, but I kind of hate myself, you know? But I want to reinvent myself entirely, like a complete 180. How do I go about this? Should I, like, seek psychotherapy, hypnotherapy, a psychic? You know, I mean, I really do think it's, like, to the point where I need professional help. You know, I really do believe that this has something to do with a very traumatizing event I witnessed a couple years ago because I wasn't always like this. Okay. Well, that is the most fucking upsetting thing that I've ever heard because you were not a bad person. No one who's a bad person can speak at length about what a bad person they are because they're in complete denial about it. It's like how a narcissist can never admit that they're a narcissist because they're – That was the very first thing I thought. Like you're definitely less of an asshole than you think you are because people who are actually selfish, horrible people either don't know it or are super happy about it. Also, who the fuck are these people that are saying that to you? I have a feeling it's like your parents or your family or something because – you're taking it so to heart. And yeah, I don't it's know. Really upsetting. It's really a dad would say like she's disappointing at 18. Like that's that's kind of messed up right there. I think so too. And to be honest, I mean, from from what I understand, you're saying you're talking about how fortunate you are and everything's been handed to you. Um, and I don't know if you're like a spoiled rich girl. I don't know what goes on. I don't know if you like demand ponies um and you know, steal your parents' car. I don't know if you do that. But I do know that you're kind of supposed to have everything handed to you until the age of 18 if you're lucky. That shouldn't be something – if that is something you have, you shouldn't feel so indebted unless your parents are giving you an unrealistic world of things to show gratefulness for. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that like everyone procrastinates and has a hard time achieving things. Like everyone finds it difficult to do things. The only difference is that you eventually have to like force yourself to push through it by like setting small goals or like maybe you're just not setting goals that you actually want to do. Like these things that you're like, oh, I, I've, you know, tried to force myself to do stuff, but I don't want to. Like maybe you just don't actually want to do those things maybe you should be doing other things and then those are the things you would want to do does that make sense yeah it makes total sense and I also think that she's so fortunate that she's having this realization or reacting to this at this point in her life because she's 18 years old which means that yeah she can go to college it's the exact perfect time for you to decide to go to college and if you want to reinvent yourself That's exactly what college is. Like, I know people that went to college with brand new nicknames that they made up on the plane ride out there. And for the rest of their lives, that's going to be their name because they reinvented themselves. You get to, like, take anything that you wish that was erased from your past in high school and move into an entirely new world with all of that stuff behind you. That's right. And it's not like, I mean, you're just 18. It's not like you were a perfect, fully formed, self-actualized 15-year-old and then you experience like this bad event and now you're a bad person. Like you're, this is all the process of figuring out 
who you are and who you want to be. And the cool thing is you can just like choose not to do that anymore and make, like you say, make yourself into a new person, get set new goals, do new things, have new experiences. And 18 is the best time to do that. But don't beat yourself up about it. Like you're not a bad person. Additionally, yes, I do think you should go to therapy and not because you're so fucked up and you're such a bad person, but because you're telling yourself a very harmful narrative and that's Mm -hmm. something that is worth trying to reverse and to like find the right skills to cope so that you don't have to keep living your life being like, I'm a bad person, I'm a bad person because you're just going to perpetuate that. And I'm sure you've never killed anyone. Like I'm sure that you are not your behavior is not irreversible. And also it's probably not as bad as you think. So Definitely. I, Definitely. I don't know. I really think that she needs to be given some perspective on who's telling her this. Agreed. Um, and also please update me. Like if you have done something really terrible, please let me know. I would love some examples of some of the behavior that you think makes you all these things and that have warranted people telling you the things that they've told you. Because they're real. I mean – I wouldn't say that stuff to my worst enemy, the stuff that, I mean, maybe like, sure. Like I have like a petulant little cousin that like when I'm really pissed at her, I'll think things like that, but I will never say it to her because I love her. And like, also she's not a bad person. She's just young and like, agreed, doesn't put things together the way I would. So I get pissed, but like, whatever, she's not a bad person. So don't live with that, please. And go talk to someone you know, that's why really honestly, if you're if you are living a life where things are afforded to you that make you fortunate, please go to college because you can even see a free therapist at most schools. So um yeah. Go start Agreed. your life. Start your life starts now, by the way. Like yeah. I don't even remember high school real I do, but I don't, kind of. So yeah. you're fine. All right. What was Sam? Sam, what was your high school experience? Um, I went to like a nerd high school where everyone had really good grades and was in the band. So um, I fit in great. (laughs) (laughs) High school went really well for me. I was like such a big nerd. So I fit in there. And uh, yeah, I I had like, I feel always really bad saying this, but I had like a pretty enjoyable high school experience, actually. Well, (laughs) no, I I mean, the opposite of most people, but I think that's why I mean, when I was 26, I, I knew who I was, but I wasn't it's I, I mean, I don't know you, but I it seems you do a very good job of being very comfortable. And I that makes sense that maybe that was expedited through going to a, a high school that fostered that. I think that's a really yeah. important message because, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. I think that's all about like you just have to kind of pander to your kids with education. And I really believe that like every mm-hmm. kid is different. And I think that's awesome. You went to a school like that. Was it like a private school? Uh, it was, well, I'm in Canada, so our school system is a little bit different. Oh, totally. It was totally. like the downtown school. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so what about you? What was like, what was your high school experience like? Um, oh, I went to high school in Boston for my first year, and then um, it was a private school. Uh, it was like a prep school, Catholic. Um, it was in a brownstone, which is basically a brick townhouse in Boston, and um mm-hmm. There was 45 kids to a class. I was class president. Um, And then my mom got engaged to a guy and we moved to Princeton, New Jersey. And um, he sent me to a school for retards. Um, (laughs) It was a school for the learning disabled. And um, like I was diagnosed with dyslexia there. So something good did come out of it. But like straight up, like I was put into a school for like – you know, the mentally different. And that was really uh, weird for me after coming from private school in Boston. Some place where you thrived. Yeah. Exactly. And then um, they broke up. We went back to Massachusetts and I went to public school with all the kids that I grew up with my whole life. I'm from a town with really good schools, but my mom wanted me to get out of there for a little while. She did the same thing for high school. Mm -hmm. And um, because it's a small town, you know, like you do know everyone your entire life. And that can be kind of toxic, I think. So my mom pulled me out and then put me back in. And I don't know, when I came back to high school, I was not popular. I hung out with everyone. But I, I had friends in every group. But I also was like a nerd and I acted out and I was a class clown. I was very loud. Um, and I had a boyfriend for 
mm-hmm. pretty much the whole time I was there. And that was like kind of my hobby was having a boyfriend and doing swim team. And yeah. That's it. Kind of my same hobbies yeah. now. So yeah. <laughs> I um, feel nice. So Sam, before we let you go, I want to ask you a question. We got this um, box of cards. My friend Laura Miller, she's a vegan chef. She has a show on Taste Made. Do you have Apple TV? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she has a show on Taste Made called Raw Vegan Not Gross, and it's really cute. She uh, has all these little vegan all these little vegan recipes. Way to minimize what a person does, Molly. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> she has a very impressive career. I'm like, oh, she does like little vegan recipes. Uh, anyway, no, she's great. Um, and so she gave me these cards. Um, Brian Eno and Peter Schmidt did them, and she ordered them from London, which is so cool. And they're cards made to uh, inspire you, I guess. They're supposed to be oblique strategies. We are all laughing because it does sound kind of like ab exercises, but it's not. They're like brain exercises. So I'm going to. I was going to say I'm going to stop you right there because I'm not exercising my obliques. Absolutely. <laughs> Not so. I'm gonna no read chance. you one, and um, we're gonna just like kind of talk about what that means to us. Okay. Okay. Um, give way to your worst impulse. Hmm. I think that's like that's a way of saying that. Well, I get this a lot in sort of like the geek field where I am, where everyone's like, "Oh, I have these guilty pleasures. Like, I like to play video games, or like, I I read Twilight or whatever." It's like, you know what? Just like what you like and do what you want to do, and you're going to be way happier than if you pretend to be someone you're not. That's kind of how I interpret that. I completely agree with you, and I also think there's a, I I got very much the same thing. But I also started from a place of like, okay, so my worst impulse is probably something that's toxic for me, like something that I can consume quickly, um, like empty carbs. But like when I think give way to your worst impulse, I think like just do whatever bad thing it is you want to do so you can get over it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or like there's I think Chris Hardwick always says, enjoy your burrito, which is like, if that eating that cinnamon bun is what's going to bring you joy in this moment, and you just need someone something to bring you joy, then like, you know what, just enjoy your fucking burrito, just eat it, you're gonna be happier afterwards. That's real as fuck. I yeah, love that. Right? Yeah, I'm all about that. Um, I think your mom followed me on Twitter today. Um, that's cute. My mom's like all about Twitter. So. I followed her back. <laughs> She's so cute. Like, oh. I can't, she, like, she, like, <laughs> oh, is so proud, like, she's so proud of you. Like, it's great. Like, my mom doesn't really know how to use Twitter, um, and hers looks like a fan page for me, too, but your mom's, like, active and on it. That must be so nice. It is super nice. She comes to, like, nerd conventions with me and stuff. <laughs> it's, it's nice to be able to, like, bond over that. So. Is she your travel buddy? Yeah, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast where I talk about fucking randos um yeah she is <laughs> okay well we'll put in a, we'll put a parental advisory meaning that parents can't listen to this um oh our Sorry. intern's mother by the way I think this is far enough into the podcast that I can tell you this um Chrissy our intern who's um she has four DUIs she um <laughs> she, does not. she doesn't have four but that's one something that I say about her she's also a drug addict um but her mother listened to an episode that Chrissy was on. And do you want to know, out of all of the things we've said about her daughter, do you want to know the thing that upset her the most? Was that Chrissy 100%. acknowledged that fisting is a thing. Oh, like she was so she upset like that Chrissy was that like, she knew. that she even had opinions about it and that she was saying the word and that the word implied the action. And so her mom was thinking about her daughter thinking about fisting and like I see that but I have to say I think if my mom was would be really upset about one thing oh one thing that my mom said the thing that I did that upset her the most was also very random like that it was when I put on my blog that I had been eating tuna out of the can with my fingers and not a fork that really upset her that really upset her like how did I raise you not I know. Like this. So I weekly tell people <laughs> to go to uh, video game conventions with a T-shirt that says "I eat pussy," but the tuna can is what really ultimately gets her. Get a fork. Get a fork, bitch. Are you a New York Best Times selling author? 
I'm a Globe and Mail best-selling author, which is the Canadian New York Times. I think that's way cooler. I know too many New York Times best-selling authors, to be honest. No big deal. No big deal. Um, Okay. So thanks so much for joining us. Will you come back sometime? Anytime. Okay. Anytime. Sickness. If you're ever in LA, come visit us. I would love to. We'll take you out. We'll all fuck randos. Okay. It'll be great. Fisting party. Okay, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. You guys, wasn't she awesome? And also pick up her book, Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy. It really does read kind of like a, I don't know, like you're talking to a friend or something. And it's very useful information. It's very smart. Yeah, and you don't have to be into like nerd things to like the book. It's it's really just like approachable. And it's just like if you're a fan of anything, there's a fandom. You know, there's a PLL fandom. Yeah, totally. So if you're looking for a way to break into some sort of fandom, like that, it's a great guide. And she has a really fun fun and friendly voice. I only like YouTube, like PLL lesbian anime. Is it just <laughs> No, I'm uh, I can't remember the character's name. Is it just um Shay Mitchell's character? No. Well, why did you guess Shay Mitchell? Cuz she's the lesbian on the show. Oh no. It's all of them doing each other. <laughs> the porn doesn't even exist. I'm I'm making that up. It probably does cuz fandoms are fucking weird. Well, someone like draws Not all of them, Wait, sorry. Look up PLL lesbian porn. Pretty Little Liars lesbian porn. Look it up. I'm going to put it in my incognito window so it doesn't get Look it up. Come on. Remember when um, you texted all of us today and were like, who just rang my doorbell? And I was like, how do you know it's not Nick reeling in some poon? Because he doesn't do that. Oh, I texted him today and I was like, I haven't seen you in two weeks. I hope you're alive. And he's like, yeah, I'm actually at a funeral. Oh, (laughs) shit. It wasn't in a bad way because I had texted him back like, oh, sorry, that was an inappropriate joke. And he was like, I didn't even realize it until just now. So he's good, guys. He's just been out of town a lot lately. Why did why did you want me to Google PLL lesbian porn? <laughs> I'm in such a perverted phase of my life. I really am. Okay, so we have a your appreciated comment of the week. It's from Free Betch. What our nation needs. Five stars. Thanks so much. This has become one of my favorite podcasts. Do you fear that? And the conversation starters are subtly the most genius interviewer moves. Every time some girl calls in whining about her super relatable problems, Molly gives us the answers we already know deep down but needed to hear. Kind of like Glinda the Good Witch, but with a delicious, delicious vocal fry. Oh, girls. Thanks. I listen to those podcasts in the workshop and my assistants who are all 20 year old malt liquor chugging cig smoking no laundry dirt bags have all come to love malls and the squad as much as I do they always ask if there's a new episode you have a message for the masses go forth and unleash the realness living laughing and loving some girl from the internet Oh my God, I love your description of your assistants. I want to work with all of them and hang out with them. Where are you? Can I come hang out with you? I think this girl sounds great. Free Betch, you're my girl. Free Betch. Free Betch. It's B-E-T-C-H. I love a Betch moment. Sista, thanks for your comment. That means a lot. If you guys want your comment read on the pod, please go to iTunes, leave us five stars, and write something that's flavorful. No, I love you. I mean, I love I love that. It's just not going to get a, a, a read on here. I want like, so when I wake up in the morning, like, oh, no, I'm going to start again. I want him to be like, hey, I was 300 pounds when I started listening to this podcast. And now I weigh 95 pounds and everyone wants to fuck. Love y'all. That's it. That's what I want to hear. So maybe someone should write that. Five stars. Um, want to go back to the calls? Let's do it. Hey, Miles. My name's Lucy from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm just sitting here with my new intern. I kind of got her into Please Advise, and we're catching up on old episodes. I love listening to it with her. She's obsessed now. Um, so I just have a question for you. Was Kathy Steele as nuts as she fucking sounds? Because she sounds so annoying, and I forgot about it until I'm re-listening to it now with my girl Stephanie. 
I just got to know. Call me back. Hi, Lucy from Bmore. Crush Davis. That's the person that's on their baseball team. He was um, his, like, his first name is Crush. It's Chris. Um, Crush, but he also was like suspended for using Adderall last like year. Like Smash He's Williams. Back. Like Smash Williams. I know my boyfriend. I date Smash Williams. Um, you guys. Uh, okay. Is Cassie Steele nuts? No. But she is most likely a goo-goo cluster, which means that she is delicious marshmallow covered in caramel and some peanut and some nuts, a little bit of nuts, kind of a lot of nuts. It's the cluster part. And then chocolate on top of those nuts. And what I mean by that is that Cassie is very smart. She's very free. Um... She's an original. She definitely knows who she is. And she's a child star. So there's your answer. She's a little bit of it all. Like, she just is. She's, But she's, you know what? Like, I'm a little nuts too, hon. It just shows up in different ways. And I think that for her, she's spent a life being a very vocal person. And I mean, that's what has made her successful. So... I mean, you kind of take the good with the bad with anyone, right? And I think, you know, she's energetic. She was a lot for me that day. And I think Yeah, that, that was the thing. It was like not only was she like super energetic, we had we were recording with her for four hours. Right. So it, it was just like she had a lot of energy that we I wasn't sure how to harness that. Here's the thing is that I have done things with Cassie about three or four times now. So I know what to expect with her. And I've also known her for like five years and I really, really like her. So I like, she's, I mean, as again, good with the bad, like, because as energetic as she can be and as tough as she can be like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm just like literally trying to like hold you still for a second to ask you a question. Um, She's also very, very smart and very entertaining. I like, I kind of put her, I like, I allow myself to sit back and be entertained by her. Uh, when she's talking so I don't really it's not that kind of conversation where that I expect from you Christina you know what I mean <laughs> or most of our guests it's a different type of convo yeah. very similar to Neve. it I wasn't think, bad know, but people just different people with fame and celebrity are just a little different they just are yeah. They're a little touched. It's not their fault. It's just they're, you can't, you're a little touched when that happens. Like you're just a little, things are different and that's it. Like it just is. And so I call it famous Asperger's sometimes, or it's like when you become famous, like you kind of start looking at everyone, like they hurt you all the time. Like, like they, you know, touch your boob at a party. Like that's how you start looking at people when you're famous. Like you're afraid of it. And that's weird. That's stressful for people. And so they act out in different ways. So that's that, Luce. I appreciate the question. Um, You guys, that was it. That was the whole episode. I hope you liked it. Episode 52. Send us your updates. Call us at 323-450-7408. That's also where you can call us to leave a voicemail. Again, that's 323-450-7408. Feel free to call us with your questions, questions for your friends, questions about your friends. You can also email us a letter or a voice note at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on all those places. Just look for Please Advise. That's PLZ. We're also on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash pleaseadvise. You guys, we get a little bit of ad money when you listen to us there. Not much. We're talking peanuts. Like the $62 check last year, the infamous $62 check that we was the grand total of our earnings from this podcast in the year 2014. We love it. We're not here to make money, but we do enjoy it. We enjoy some change. I'm going to set up an Amazon link. I want money. Also, donations. Um, (laughs) You guys, please go on iTunes. Subscribe. Rate us. Um, Yeah, totally do that. A friend told me the other day, I listen on SoundCloud, but I still subscribed on iTunes. And you want to know why? That number means a lot to me. I appreciate that. That's my cashew money right there. You guys, we have a question of the week that I'm coming up with as I say it. And my question this week was, is, 
What is the most embarrassing thing you have ever consumed too much of? I don't know what mine would be. Flintstone vitamins for me. My mom told me that she had to call poison control because I ate an entire bottle of Flintstone vitamins. I, yeah, I've definitely done something similar to that. I used to eat my mom's lipsticks. I did that when I was a kid. It's so good, right? Lipstick tasted so good. I just like the texture. I did too. It's like thick pudding or something. I don't know what it is. It's so good. It's like creamy and like it tastes like roses kind of. Play-Doh was really salty. I, I Maybe it was Play-Doh. Oh, I ate everything. Yeah. Anything I could put in my mouth, I ate. Glue. I would like suck on an Elmer's bottle like it was a fucking Capri Sun. I Yeah. <laughs> uh, rubber cement ever. No, but I did once uh, take a battery out of its um, metal casing. I ripped through a battery and um, sucked on the inside of a battery. So I, that's probably what's wrong with me, to be honest. <laughs> How old were you when you did that? Seven. The year I jumped off the roof, too. What happened first? I was on a real suicide mission that year. <laughs> uh, did you jump off the roof first and then eat the battery or did you eat the battery and then jump off the roof? I don't remember. I mean, I would guess that I jumped. I felt I I jumped. I To be clear, I was trying to jump roof to roof like in a movie. All right. And I didn't clear it. Almost cleared it, didn't clear it. And I fell down and I, I fell through the two garages. It was like a second story garage thing. And um, banged my head on the second house and then fell back and then hit my head on the other cement wall. And then I just remember coming to a minute later and my friend tomorrow uh, was like looking off the first garage and she was like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, don't tell my mom. And so my mom never knew. And to be honest, I forgot. And then I went to see a rolfer and I was getting a massage. And she said to me, uh, did you ever jump off of a roof or like a really high? She was like, have you ever jumped off like a really high surface? Like, like a, um, like, I, she's like, right, have you ever jumped off like a, a thing that was too high or something? And have you ever fallen? And I was like, I jumped off a roof when I was a kid and she was like me too she's like that's why I recognized your injury like my my feet were lodged into my ankles in a weird way because I did land on my feet but I I was like falling you know and you didn't go to the hospital or anything for that no I didn't even tell anyone I probably my brains probably was it has been hemorrhaging for the last I don't know 23 years <sighs> I worry about aneurysms. You ever worry about like having a brain aneurysm? Uh, yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure my kidneys are failing right now as well. Well, we're all falling apart anyways. As my mom said when she was on here, she said, uh, aren't we all dying? We're all dying, girl. Psyched. As we say around here, psyched <laughs> about death. You guys, thanks again so much for listening. Bye.